if it's okay with you, I'd like to transition into a third part of a very long mini show to as a palate cleanser. Are you ready? Yes, please do it. So last night I had some insomnia and I couldn't fall asleep. And so I watched some Bob's Burgers. Yes. And, and I had this, uh, it was the episode, it's like in season nine. It was the episode where, um, let me see if I get this right. There's the essential oils episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where Linda goes to, to the essential oil party and Gail and the kids try to stop her because Gail's addicted to essential oils and she, and it's, you know, all that stuff. Right. It's very funny. But the B plot is Bob and Teddy help uh, an old guy move a bed into his apartment. Oh, yeah. Is Mr. Huggins? Mr. Huggins. Yeah. Mr. Huggins. And I had this, uh, I'm watching it, and I had this kind of uh, thought. So in class in this past spring, Dr. Matthews gave us a moral thought experiment that I think connects really, really well to this episode with Bob in particular. The thought experiment is there's a gentleman who is driving down the highway and he notices that a car accident has just taken place and somebody, and the the person who got into the accident is trapped in their car and the car is on fire. And this guy who's driving down the highway immediately, without hesitation, pulls over, gets out, rescues the guy, and right before, you know, right right as he's rescuing the guy and the guy gets some pee and the guy gets away, the car explodes. It could have been an absolute disaster. But this guy did this without hesitation. That's that's the important thing. Okay. And then Chuck Matthews is like, now imagine the same scenario. Guy's driving down the highway, sees a car accident, same deal. And this guy doesn't immediately get out of his car, but is overcome by the sense of fear, knowing that this guy, that the, the guy who's in the car accident is in danger, and if he went to help him, he could be in danger. But nevertheless, pulls over, gets out of the car, rescues the guy, everything's fine. And Chet Matthews says, who is moral? which one of the two gentlemen is moral? And we asked him questions. We were like, well, is there, is there any differences in timing? Like, did the first guy rescue the, 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 the guy quicker than the second guy? And Chuck Matthews decided, no. The, the moment of fear that the second guy experiences is so, you know, mental and quick that it did not impact the timeline. They both rescued the guy at the same time. Which of them would we consider to be moral actions? Or, or a moral, who, who made a moral choice? Who, who did something morally good? And uh, we all said the second guy. I don't know if that's what you thought. But we were all like, the second guy did. Because the second guy uh, had to overcome you know, his fear and showed courage and, and, and even though he understood it was a great personal risk, he still, he still went and did it. And Chuck Matthews is like, now that's very interesting because that is not like the virtue ethics way of thinking about morality. That's what I was going to say. The, the first guy 
from, from a virtue ethics perspective, the first guy is moral because there, he, he is, his response, his moral response was so well-trained mm-hmm. that there was no moment, even an infinitesimally small, of hesitation or fear or anything. He just knew what the right thing was and he did it out of reflex. I find that to be a really interesting thought experiment for a lot of reasons, but I applied it to Bob because <laughs> Bob did not want to help this guy with his, with his bed. Like that was the whole thing. Bob agreed to help him. He said, it. I agreed to help him because hopefully this will not take long. Right. <laughs> you know? And, and Bob is like, and it's this horrible job. Like Bob has to go up this huge staircase and, carry really heavy equipment down with Teddy, who's, you know, being Teddy, and Bob is in pain, and and it it hurts him, and they finally get it into Mr. Higgins' house, and they finally set it up, and Bob's like, oh, thank God, I can go, and then, and then Mr. Higgins is like, or Huggins, is it Huggins or Higgins? I don't know. Mr. H. Mr. H. Mr. H is like, the reason why I got this bed is because I'm going to start dating again, and I'm going to have a lady over, and I'm really, really scared. And, and Teddy's like, well, we'll help you with that. And Bob's like, uh, okay. And they stay. And, like, Bob stays the whole time and, like, shaves Mr. H's back hair and, like, <laughs> and talks him through how to talk to women and, like, lets him model, you know, his silk robe. And Bob's like, the robe is sexy. You look great. You know, like, and all this stuff. But, like, Bob clearly didn't want to do it. But he did it. He did it anyway. And and when when he was sort of forced to do it, he we actually discovered that he's actually pretty good at it. Like he really, he really is um, you know, really uh, uh, encouraging to Mr. H and ends up saying the words that help help Mr. H like gain his confidence, right? And so I wonder, like I, I applied that to the, the thought experiment to Bob, and I'm like, is Bob a good person? I mean, that's the whole question of Bob's Burgers, right? <laughs> right, right. Is Bob a good person? Um, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, there's a part, I want to hear your thoughts, but my thought is like, there's a part of me that 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 has to go, well, yes, of course he's a good person. Bob is constantly overcoming his own internal hangups to do the right thing even if he will fail, you know? And there's something beautiful and good about that. But Bob is not virtuous. Maybe that's the distinction I would make. Hmm. Um, yeah, I have a bunch of thoughts. Well, maybe I have five thoughts. So the first thing that, that jumped out that I thought as you were describing this is I was like, the answer is they're both moral, right? They both chose to act in the, in the thought scenario, uh, in the thought experiment. Um, but both of these people chose to risk their own lives, whether it was automatic or not, they made that choice and therefore they are both moral. Now, I would also say that like traditional value ethic, like my, my thing was like, well, if we're being like, if we, if we have our noses in the air about it, then the, the person who reacted right away is the virtuous person because they're so formed in their morals. So it's fascinating to me that the class chose the second guy who I was like, well, clearly he's the runner up here, but like they're both moral. 
so I, that really makes me wonder about the makeup of the class of uh, who feels everybody should, deserves a second chance at goodness. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I think that's interesting. I think with Bob, um, so something that I read that I think was like retweeted by the the creator of Bob's Burgers, because I follow them on Twitter, because um, they're a delight. Uh, somebody said, it was somebody from, um, uh, NPR's pop culture happy hour. And when they talked about the Bob's Burgers movie, they talked about how Linda loves her kids out loud generously all of the time. Right. I saw, I saw you tweeted this. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Linda loves her kids out loud unreservedly. Bob sees all of the kids as their own individual people. And that's kind of the way that he loves them. And you need both in in a healthy family and in, in a healthy dynamic. But also, like I would argue, you kind of need both as people. And you see both of them learning from situations where they are not either not seeing their kids as individuals or not um, loving their kids out loud as much. Like there's the episode where Linda decides that Louise doesn't love her enough because <laughs> right. Louise is always kind of in a daddy's girl and then takes Louise to this like mother-daughter daycare thing and then realizes kind of over the course of it that like she had not been seeing Louise for Louise. There's, I mean, there's another great moment in, um, in the Bob's Burgers movie. And then I think in the most recent season of Bob's Burgers where you have some really great Louise content of, um, in the most recent season, it's that um, everybody, Louise kind of realizes, has this moment of awakening of like, oh, I, not everybody likes the same things that I like. And does that make me weird? And it takes both parents coming together to be like, of course you're not weird. And of course we love you the way you are because we're all weird actually. And then you see Bob, like when Bob drives the cab for Tina's uh, 13th birthday at the end of season one, uh, Bob's like doing all this work and doesn't understand why Tina doesn't appreciate it. When like, uh, that's not computing for Tina. Tina just needs to see, needs to see her dad loving her out loud in that moment in front of everybody. And I think that's something that really makes sense with the show is that um, I, I don't think it makes sense to talk about virtues in anybody in Bob's Burgers. I don't think anybody in Bob's Burgers is virtuous because nobody is that boring, you know, right. um, <laughs> we're seeing all these characters grow and make decisions, but I would say that Bob is good. I mean, I would say, especially after season one, when they decide that Bob is going to be good, <laughs> that like in the episode with the garden where Bob like hires Logan at the restaurant so that he can have a space in the community garden. The end of that episode is Bob realizing that like, he doesn't get to prioritize his happiness over the family's happiness. It has to be both together. And, and while it's like a, I like, I hate that Bob doesn't have the community garden anymore. It hurts my spirit. I like the growth that happens in that moment. Um, Cause you can see Bob being like, finally something for me. And then realizing, well, if it makes my family upset then it's not actually something for me. Yeah, I, I think that like a strict, um, theory of virtue doesn't isn't really helpful with Bob's Burgers because that's not that's not the goal of the show that's not the vibe of the show but also because like the characters are just more complex than that yeah and I think like I think to like people who could be considered villains in the show like like Jimmy Pesto uh who we will never see again because the voice actor participated in January 6th Uh, right he's in Gitmo now Jimmy Pesto 
<laughs> just gone. My theory on what they should do is that uh, Jimmy Pesto's ex-wife should inherit the restaurant across the street. And now we have a new character to play off of. I think that would be really, or, mm-hmm. or Trev gets it. Jimmy goes on a, like a forever vacation and we just get to have Trev as a recurring character. Cause I think he's fun, but even, even Jimmy Pesto after, uh, as we get into later seasons, you start to see him as a real person who like is actually just really lonely and is covering up his loneliness with terrible behavior and, and using the money that he has to cover up his loneliness. And that's why the money is so precious. Like, I think Bob's does a great job of, um, of showing us a lot of humanity and maybe that's, maybe that's a generational thing. Like people in the future will be like, man, they were so into vulnerability at this time. But, but I really feel like that's something that's essential is showing people as people. Like no one is perfect at Bob's Burgers. People are definitely likable, but no one's perfect. Um, and I think that that's one of the strengths of the show is that you're seeing people who are like, oh, I know this person. Like I actually like, know somebody who's like Mike the mailman who uh, is joking about not delivering the mail but in general delivers the mail you know like right. I, don't know. I, I think there's I think that that thought experiment is fascinating I think the arguments around it are fascinating um and I think Bob is a good person because yeah, there's a whole that Jesus says that is there are two sons and the first son the the dad asked the first son to go out and work in the field and the first son says oh yeah sure I'll do it and then never does it and the, the father asked the second son to go work in the field and the second son complains about it but then goes and does it which one of them did their father's will and I really end up with I mean I think about this to kind of tie it all back up I think about this with social movements is there are a lot of salty leftists on Twitter who like, there are people who realize with the fall of Roe that like, oh crap, we need to do things. And there are people who are like, well, welcome to the movement. You know, you could have been here so many years ago, but like the real actual way to go with this is to genuinely welcome in people because we need like all hands in the fight. Like if you, if we are united together in in our ends and in our aim and in our uh, tactics, then we can work together and it kind of doesn't matter when you join the movement. It kind of doesn't matter that you grumbled first as long as you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I agree. I agree with you. I think Bob's probably a good person too. Mostly because I see a lot of myself in Bob the older I get. Right. <laughs> where I'm just like, oh man, these kids are killing me. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, and and... Bob easily could be another sitcom dad who's just yelling at the kids, you know, Bob really easily, like when we see him interact with his dad, who also like does a lot of growing in the one episode we see him in, Bob easily could have grown up in that environment and not been a good person, but then he wouldn't be the person that Linda married and they wouldn't be the family that they are, you know, like it's, it's actually key to Bob's burgers that he's not a regular sitcom dad and that he has this kind of depth and, and goodness. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, and and you're right with Bob's dad, like, they don't really break out into screaming arguments, you know? Yeah, a little bit, I guess. But like, but like Bob's dad is, is, you know, being mean. And so Bob's like, mm, okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> gone. Yeah. I'm going to go now. You know. <laughs> no, I think it's, uh, I think that's true. I think that's true. 
I think you are exactly right. And that's why I love it among many reasons. Um, but probably in line with the humor of Bob's Burgers, I am definitely going to have diarrhea in the next minute. So can you sign us off? Let's get out of here. Friends, thanks for listening to the show of What the Hell is the Past Year Experience you about to do? And we'll see you next time. What the Hell is a Pastor is a part of the Disruptive Disciples Podcast Network. Our theme song is written by Joe Schoenwolf, performed by Joe Schoenwolf, Ian Oriola, and Paul Oriola, and produced by Paul Oriola. Email us at wtheckisapastor at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash disruptivedisciples, on Twitter at WTHIAP, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash WTHIAP, where you can get access to Pillow Talk, merch, and some other stuff. Thanks for listening. And remember, friends, Ethan gave me all the money in his wallet. <laughs>